Olivia. Madeline. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back to another episode of Another Picture Show podcast. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Olivia and I are two best friends. I don't watch movies. Olivia makes me watch them. (laughs) And then we talk about it. Indeed. Yeah. So I usually tell Madeline what movie we're going to watch. We take a 15 second break to go watch the movie and then we come back. (laughs) We watch at ultra light speed. Yeah. So before we, before I tell you what movie we're going to watch this week, I kind of wanted to talk about the Oscars real fast. Okay. Um, I don't know if you watched the Oscars. I didn't. (laughs) Since this is a movie podcast, I figured we should acknowledge them. Sure. Um, Yeah, they had super low ratings this year because, you know, a pandemic and also the Academy sucks. So people don't care because Mm -hmm. the Academy doesn't doesn't uh has been very bad about representing movies that um you know represent the people watching the movies Mm -hmm. um and that was evident this year as well i Um, heard about some of the cheap shots that they kind of they kind of made as far as like putting best actor at the end after best picture um yeah they tried to take chances this year and it didn't quite work out they were trying to theory is that everybody thought chadwick boseman was kind of slotted to win since Mm -hmm. you know i mean he was he did an incredible performance but you know he passed away so there everybody was like oh he's gonna get like a posthumous oscar and then the oscars took advantage theoretically this is the theory not confirmed but they put it at the end so that they would get better ratings so people would keep watching until the Best Actor award was read. And then it was um, Anthony Hopkins, which yeah, I'm sure think... he also did a great performance, but yeah. it was not what people thought. And poor Anthony Hopkins couldn't even, like, zoom in to accept the award. Well, okay, so that is a false narrative. Ooh. That, that he wasn't allowed to zoom in. That's not true. He was in Wales and it was 4 a.m. and he's 83. He wasn't planning to come to the he wasn't planning to come to the ceremony at all. And he told he announced this weeks before the before the thing. So I'm sure they would have given I'm sure he had a zoom link had he chosen to zoom in, but it was also 4 a.m. <laughs> I heard they they in wouldn't Wales. let him do like rec- pre-record a speech in the event that he won. I heard they wouldn't play it if he like pre-recorded like a, I don't know a about that. I don't know, but I know, I'm just I, saying. I don't think they were purposely trying to uh, attack Anthony Hopkins. Like he's very respected. <laughs> the Oscars were just coming for all the best actors. No, this year. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think that they were trying to do anything stupid or malicious. I think they took a risk because it was like Chadwick Boseman had been projected to be the winner pretty much all award season. He won the Golden Globe, and I think they just assumed that he would win um, and that they could end on this really emotional note. Um, (laughs) And then it just didn't pay off, and it was, like, really anticlimactic because Anthony Hopkins wasn't there to accept the award. Um, I think if he had been there, there might have been a moment of, like, what the fuck, but then he could, like, at least speak and acknowledge that he won and acknowledged Chadwick Boseman because that's what everyone was thinking was the reason that they did this. Yeah. So they just, they took a chance and it fell very, very flat because um, I was watching it live and 
That's so awkward. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who doesn't give a shit about any of this this stuff, and I don't blame him, but he came out and he was like, they want me to to say X, Y, and Z about what it's like to be an actor, and I'm not going to say any of that shit because I, I don't believe it. So <laughs> I'm going to just say, you all did a great job. And then he opens the envelope and it's like, the Oscar goes to everyone's thinking it's going to be Chadwick Boseman. And then he says, Anthony Hopkins. And everybody's just like, oh. And then they're immediately just like, and he's not here. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs> he's having a great sleep right now. <laughs> yeah, it was just like so bizarre. Like they hadn't, they didn't plan for a backup. Like they didn't plan anything to like fill the time or make it less awkward if Chadwick Boseman didn't win. And it's obvious that they were putting all their cards you know, all their eggs in one basket and it just flopped horrendously. Because oh. usually like, they end with best picture. Yeah. And there's enough, We there's been a, plenty of years where there's been drama around Oh my gosh. the best yeah. picture, you know, with La La Land and, and Moonlight and all that shenanigans. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they chose to do it this way. I don't either. I mean, I I, I know the the like idea behind it but it just the risk man it just it didn't, it didn't work, work. <laughs> although my main gal Francis Francis McDermott won best actress and I didn't see Nomadland but I'm happy for her because I love Francis uh, McDermott I mean I saw Nomadland I'm gonna say okay oh it was fine it was oh. a fine movie Francis McDermott did a great job but she was the only actress in a movie filled with people it's a movie about like nomads and like mm. people who are impoverished and like living in their vans and kind of traveling around for work. And all the people in the movie are like actual nomads. Like they use actual people in the movie. And of course the only act person nominated from the movie is Francis McDormand. And I don't know, it just like, comes, it just, like comes across like weird to me and the movie's message kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I, I, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but yeah, I do kind of want to watch it. I'm not going to spoil it. It just, <laughs> if you work hard enough, you too can be a nomad. <laughs> kind of... No, <laughs> it just rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I think it's trying to, to say one thing, but then it doesn't say that. Um, and, and, and then Francis, when they won best picture, Francis McDormand went up and gave a speech and was like, everybody needs to go see this in the biggest theater you can. And blah, blah, blah. It, it just like, kind of, you're contradicting, like, I don't know. It's a movie about poor people who don't have access to these things. It's a movie about like capitalism and how it fails people and people, you know, the underbelly of, of America essentially mm-hmm. and then you come on and you're like yeah but you you know you need it's important for you to watch this movie on a big screen during a pandemic like it just I don't know so the vans are life-size <laughs> <laughs> it's just like how do you spend that much time with these people making this movie and then still come on stage and give such a like tone deaf tone deaf speech i'd have to watch her speech and also the movie to to 
uh, make a comment on that. So, so I know what did rub me the right way though. The right way? The right way. Wink Mm. was um, Promising Young Woman winning best original screenplay. Yes, that was, that was pretty high. Very first, because it could have been Trial of the Chicago Seven. You know, the only movie that was nominated for Best Picture that didn't win anything all night was Trials Chicago Seven. Just deserves so happy Sorkin. It, shut Aaron down. Sorkin. Hopefully, my laptop doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. We have to go back to hiding now. <laughs> yeah. Yep, she won for Best Original Screenplay, which was well deserved. Daniel Kaluuya won for Best Supporting Actor for Judas Mom and the Black Messiah. Oh, no, no. He, was jo- he was Joseph and the Black Messiah. And um, Chadwick Bo- Boseman, was he Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw pretty much all the movies that were nominated this year, except for Minari and except for The Father. So mm. I tried to, tried to keep up. Um, all of them were very... It was an interesting year because mm-hmm. last year was chock full of like amazing movies. Like it was one of the best Oscar years that I think we've had in a long time. And then this year, last year was um, best picture was Parasite. Parasite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, I like Parasite. And th- there was it was up against a lot of really good movies. Like it definitely deserved to win. But if it didn't win and it won, it something else won. Like I wouldn't have been like surprised. You mm-hmm. know, this year though. It felt like these were okay. So last year, the bottom of the barrel for the the best picture noms was I think Ford v Ferrari. <laughs> like it, it, it's just kind of a cliche um, Oscar Beatty movie that they don't make very often anymore. It's a good movie, but compared to the others, it was kind of the bottom of the the barrel. Mm-hmm. And I think all of the movies nominated this year were that quality where they're good <laughs> but they're not fantastic um i mean i loved promising young woman but that obviously was not going to win best picture because frankly they're not going to give the best oscar or best picture oscar to a movie about sexual assault when like half the people in hollywood have sexual assault allegations against them Damn straight. um it seemed like it seemed like the not like a lot of the nominations for best picture were like this were like I don't want to say woke like movies, but they kind of were like. And then Trial of Chicago Seven. And then <laughs> Chicago Seven. That was the bottom of the barrel this year. That was obviously it didn't win anything. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, so we had two different movies that featured Fred Hampton. One was made by Black creators, and one. Was- was made by Aaron Sorkin and you can see <laughs> it's just like amazing the difference and Judas and the Black Messiah is a very very good movie yeah well anyways that's that was the recap of of the, the Oscars. Oscars I just wanted to vent about it publicly um I feel that yeah since this is a movie podcast <laughs> but Darn right it is anyways we'll get to the movie that we're watching no I'm excited week. so I'm going to throw it back a little bit and Ooh. we're going to do kind of a campy movie. And okay. I am 80% sure that you've seen this. Okay. So I don't think it's, I, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, okay. but this week we're going to watch Heather's. I have seen it. Yes. Yes. Heather's. 
Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. It's probably been like five years since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So it'll definitely like, I don't remember all of it. In fact, I probably don't remember most of what I watched the first time. I think I've only seen it once. And that was like five years ago. Yeah, so, did you like it when you saw it? Yeah, I liked it. I remember liking it and thinking it was like so bizarre. <laughs> um, but in a good way. Because like yeah. that's campy movies are like my up my alley for sure. Yeah. So maybe uh, Winona Ryder. Yeah. And uh Christian Bale. Not Christian Bale. Christian Slater. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Christian Bale? Where's he come from? <laughs> yes, Christian Slater. Yep, it's a it's it's a fun one. I'm really excited. I haven't seen it in a while either. Um, so it'll be fun to discuss. So with that, let's let's go watch the movie in 15 seconds. Okay. We'll be back with our review of Heathers in three, two, one. And we're back. Hey, y'all. Just went and watched Heathers. Oh, good. That was the movie we were supposed to watch this week because I <laughs> almost forgot. <laughs> and I was too embarrassed to text you and be like, remind me again what we're watching. <laughs> but I did watch Heathers, so we're on the right page. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the movie, let me just give some brief stats and then we'll give our thoughts. So Heathers is a 1989 black comedy teen film written by Daniel Waters and directed by Michael Lehman in both of their respective film debuts. It stars Winona Ryder, Christian Slater, Shannon Doherty, Lisa Ann Falk, Kim Walker, and Penelope Milford. So Madeline, can you give us a brief synopsis of Heathers? Where do I even begin? Okay, so Heather's is about Veronica, uh, Winona Ryder, um, who some at some point has befriended these three gals named all named Heather. And there's a Queen Heather. People and just weren't she, very creative with names back in the 80s, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was very funny. Um, I mean, I, I like the name Heather. It's not a name you hear a lot these days, but... <laughs> Yeah, I was just, it was just funny that they're all named Heather. So she somehow has like infiltrated um, the Heather's group. There's the Queen Heather, who is a raging, fiery bitch, like no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And she and Heather um, go to this party. Well, before that, she meets uh, this like dark, mysterious guy named JD. And she and Heather have a falling out afterwards. And JD essentially is like, oh, I can help you get back at her boom they accidentally murder well she is unknowingly murder unknowingly murders heather um and then the fallout from there regarding like teen suicide because that's what they use as a cover-up and like you know the whole hydra phenomenon like you know you chop the head off three more heads grow out like there's no getting rid of like fiery bitch because somebody will always replace like the top dog or like the evil you know evil powers that be there's always going to be some sort of like new force that enters guys fucking crazy man like so many kids die uh, light but not so light jabs at homosexuality um 
what else we got um domestic terrorism um this is before columbines and somebody brings a gun to school and like nobody bats an eye uh like yeah he's definitely he's not labeled a domestic terrorist for bringing a gun to school um which is definitely something that qualifies as domestic terrorism in my mind but yeah i think the conversation around like where we're at in the era of like mass school shootings yeah it was the the you know audience in the 80s and the reception is a little different but we can talk about that later indeed um and it ultimately ends with veronica kind of deciding that she's done trying to you know please like the mainstream crowd and she's gonna be herself and she's gonna have the friends she wants to have and she's gonna do what she wants and fuck the world or whatever and supposedly lives happily ever after but i'm skeptical (laughs) yeah that's heathers in a nutshell (laughs) madeline what did you think of the movie heathers you know hot take i didn't like it that much like really like the second okay so the first time i watched it was in college Mm. and i was all about it i thought it was so funny i mean it is funny like don't get me wrong like i didn't Mm. watching it the other night i was like i was laughing but i don't know i was just like it wasn't as good the second time i watched it i was like okay this is like a weird it is quirky it is weird it is very like avant-garde or whatever but like like it was so hard to follow in some respects because I don't know it was just like what was the plot you know what I mean like the plot was just like the beginning was very I think the beginning itself was very jarring because it was just like hot like you know Victoria thrown in like you just you're just thrown into it you're just thrown into Victoria's life Veronica no or sorry yeah Veronica's life you have no idea like who she is what her importance is like what how she really fits in with the Heathers and that's like kind of the thing like she doesn't really fit in with them Mm -hmm. but and then like JD shows up out of nowhere and like his whole his whole character his whole side story with his like his weird relationship with his dad and like his mother's death and like his like just weird personality like all of that was just like so bizarre I don't know I, it's hard to explain like I really was just having a hard time like watching it and being like what is the point of this movie like is there supposed to be a point of this movie because like they're they're ringing the bell on a lot of like key issues that you know were probably important at the time and also you know continue to be an issue hmm. into today so I, I don't know like I, I still like the movie I just did not like it as much as I did before it just kind of lost a little luster gotcha um I like Heathers I think it it's like a very interesting staple in like the teen film like the teen movie Mm -hmm. um because when it was made it was it was kind of supposed to be a contradiction to the John Hughes films of the eighties. Like the yeah. very, how those movies are really like leave you with a sense of hope at the end. And they're very kind of romanticized, you know, the, the, the there's all the tropes that are in John Hughes movies in Heather's like, you know, the, the stupid jocks, the like mean girls, the, mm-hmm. the weird, you know, outcasts the parents that are dumb and the teachers that are you know 
dumb. <laughs> yeah, just, dumb adults. Yeah, like all the <laughs> the the tropes are there in Heather's, but it's doesn't leave you with like the same feeling as a John Hughes movie does. Right. And I think um, there's an edginess to it that I can appreciate. I, I know the first time I watched Heather's, I was like, what is this? Like, I don't understand this. Because, uh, you know, you go into a teen movie and you kind of expect that John Hughes ending or the, the like, feel-good wrap-up at the end. And and then, it you know, they start murdering people. And you're like, what what is this movie? And, like, they say things like, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Yeah, I will admit, <laughs> like, the, the bit lines from the movie is phenomenal if you hear barking i apologize um there are dogs afoot um but yeah like fuck me gently with a chainsaw my honestly my favorite line and this is like a little controversial was when um the two they killed the two jocks and the cops (laughs) like on the scene and he's like well i know why they killed each other and he's like what i don't the other one's like what i don't get it he pulls out (laughs) Bottle of mineral water, and he's like, "Does this answer any questions?" <laughs> I think mine is, uh, "I love my dead gay son." Oh, that was so, good too. Yes, that part was that part. There's, was a, there's a bunch of really good lines. Um, <laughs> I think that's why it's like part of the reason why it's lasted so long in like the pop culture zeitgeist of of teen films because it's been so inspirational and like its edginess has. People have tried to mimic it in later films. Like there's um, Jawbreaker, which I think was the 90s, either the 90s or early 2000s. It's like another kind of like teen murder black comedy with Mm. a bunch of mean girls, essentially. And then mean girls, (laughs) you know, in the early 2000s. So it's, you know, it's Mark on the teen drama or I don't even, the teen movie is like, you can't discount that. But I do think that we live in a really weird time and looking back on this movie, you have to like kind of distance yourself from like modern reality to enjoy it because it it can be really triggering. And also it's just a weird perspective because like when they made this movie, they weren't thinking about school shootings. Like, like you said, that was before Columbine. So the, the like image of a white boy in a, black duster coming into a school with weapons like that's a very familiar thing to teenagers now and like millennials that people who made the movie didn't have to think about or grow up with really so it's like a very interesting reality that we live in watching this movie now yeah no I agree I I agree I kind of realized I was like I kind of have to like remember like the time period in which it was made to like Hmm. Because I, I wasn't sitting there and be like, oh, how how insensitive, like, he pulled out a gun. Like, I wasn't thinking that. It was that part. It was just so strange. Like, yeah. it was it was just weird, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it, it definitely is. For that movie, like, it was made in the 80s. It was made before, like, the school shooting crisis that we have on our hands ever made headlines. Um but yeah, I don't know why. Like, I was just watching it last night and I was like, oh, this is a good movie. But like, I don't know. I was just like, okay, cool, Heathers. Cool, cool. Do you think it worked as a contradiction to the John Hughes 
Yes, because I didn't think of it that way. Because I, I was thinking also like hot take. I don't really like a lot of John Hughes movies. Like, it's not a hot take. I don't I don't either. <laughs> okay, cool. I was like, are we about to fight? Because I was like, no. I do not like The Breakfast Club. Um, I would fight the entire Breakfast Club. All of them. That nerd, yeah, punch him right in the face. Um, anyway, so yeah, it makes more sense, especially like the, the recurring tropes um being kind of like parodied I like that I like that a lot like now that I think about it um Mm. I wish I wish I really could put my finger on what was like not doing it for me I think maybe some movies I feel like somebody was saying this the other day like some shows are like some tv shows are like hard to revisit because Mm. it's been so long like I I know somebody who like I was watching Gilmore Girls and they were like, oh, I, I can't watch Gilmore Girls. Like it just, it feels too long ago, which is interesting because Gilmore, Gilmore Girls was like early 2000s. So it's like not even that long ago, hmm. but maybe it's that for me. Like, it's just like, this movie is like, just like so far away for me and like, like it's modern, but it's not, you know, it's like the modern era, but it was set, you know, over 30 years ago. Hmm. So I don't relate to anything that happened. I don't know. I don't relate to like that high school, like, I don't know. It's so hard. I just don't relate to it that much as much as I thought I would. That's interesting. Cause I feel like what Heather's does well for me, at least, and for, I think a lot of people that look back on Heather's and like why it's like still so relevant is because it like, touches on all of these issues that are like real issues for high schoolers but Mm -hmm. in a way that's like satirical Mm -hmm. so that it you know when it came out it was shocking and like kind of legitimized them in a way that like John Hughes films didn't because it like you know the John Hughes films ends with like a hopeful and hopeful ending where like the jock and the the or the like douchebag and the popular girl and the breakfast club can get together and have a happy future you know allegedly and the the rich kid and the basket case can get together and you know have a happy ending when like you know that's not out of the realm of possibility in real life for people but like I don't know that's not how it usually works no and Heather's it, it like really satiric like makes fun of all of that yeah in a way that I can relate to because I mean in high school like people committed suicide people mm-hmm. died or you know were made fun of and there were clicks and and whatnot but it wasn't looked down upon as just like dumb teenage angst as I feel like a lot of teenage movies make it whereas mm-hmm. this is kind of like no this is society like life sucks for high schoolers and beyond yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> it's only down from here yeah. kids like <laughs> anyway, well, I, I, can I, I do I, I understand that like I, I feel like I agree with you there's like an element to this movie that I don't vibe with either but overall I like I, I like it overall as a as a staple of like yeah history but I, I want to make it clear that I do like the movie I no, just no, don't I like you. it as much as I did yeah Maybe because I was younger, like I was, I was closer to high school. I was in college, but I was like, probably like 19 when I watched it. So I was like, yeah, I remember this. Like, 
very, very vividly. Yeah. Um, and that's why I liked it more, you know, also like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, e- I feel like I'm eons like away from where I was in high school. Like, so it's, it's tougher for me to be like, oh yes, my, let me get back in my high school brain and, and revisit this topic. Our teenage but, angst isn't uh, quite as angry now. It's not, it's, 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 there's a levity. It's a, to- it's a smolder at this yeah. point. <laughs> it's a smoldering ember. Um, but if I ever go see My Chemical Romance in concert, man, oh baby, look out. Oh, I know. Or <sighs> someday. Um, I'll be but- a basket case on the floor <laughs> of that concert. Don't Whatever you happens. forget about me. Um, but I, that's why I appreciate Heather's because like, they're, and they're all like we said they they do touch on so many like important things like when um veronica was going on that rant about like not being treated like a human being the mom was like okay when you say we're not treating you like a human being it's we are most it's because you're most likely being treated like a human being like she was yeah. essentially saying like honey life's not fair and like mm-hmm. that's how it is and like harsh mom but like she's kind of right like when she said it I was like damn like because I feel like in a in a way I'm not trying to demean you know young adults because and high schoolers because obviously all their problems are are real and stuff but like they their real world is going to change drastically Mm -hmm. and like their real world is for many, not all, like very dependent on like their family and like, you know, their social circle and like, not to say that it all gets like ripped away. It doesn't, but it's like, it all becomes like, like it all completely shifts and you have to face like a completely new reality and a completely new world and new set of problems. So it's, I would say that like they're the problems that they have in high school, it just, like when they leave high school, it's just added on. You know I was what I mean? Say, yeah, it's like exaggerated it's like, almost. It's like if they have if they have issues with like money and their social circles and whatever, like that stuff doesn't change because people still suck and like your um, financial situation doesn't like easily just change overnight when you leave high school. It's like mm-hmm. you just are added like you're given more responsibility essentially. <laughs> so like it's just worse when you leave you can high school. Vote now, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So as Bowling for Soup says, though I do not like that band, high school never ends. It keeps going mm-hmm. forever. Um, I have a quote from I was when I was doing research for this movie that I think is interesting and I think it's kind of like what we've been talking about. So it's a quote by Omar Sanchez by from The Wrap. He says, so if we find Heathers to be in bad taste, does that confirm the stereotype that my generation is too sensitive or has society degenerated so much since Heathers that the film's references to suicide and school violence feel too real to register as satire? Ooh. Okay, I could still find the satire in it, mm-hmm. in like the in the suicide and then like, yeah, like when they were like they're saying some pretty derogatory things about like you know gay people and yeah. homosexuality in general. So like that wasn't cool, and that's not like society sensitive. It's more like society was messed up, you know, mm-hmm. that as far as their treatment of you know 
people they considered the other um but I can see like but I think the commentary on like teen suicide was very was very interesting it was it was really good because like they were talking about like you know the adults aren't even attempting to address the issue of teen suicide they're just like oh we'll give them a day off school and <laughs> half a day half a day an hour I, I, wish, I wish it was a cheerleader then I would give like a full day yeah I would have given like, them a week if it was a cheerleader mm-hmm. yeah so they're like you know they put like some sort of like number on like you know how many hours or whatever like they, they make it like so desensitized and then they're just like okay you get a day off school Thursday morning though it's business as usual you know what I mean Hmm. so they kind of are talking about how and even the parents were like oh that poor girl and then like just like you know blink and it's over you know like they move on like they weren't really touching as adults as the as the people supposedly in charge of like all these young kids lives like they weren't addressing the situation they weren't like and the one the one adult who was well sort of the the teacher wasn't was she the art teacher something like that something like that some some sort of quote-unquote hippy dippy like Hmm. you know position she she was the one being like you know these kids need to like talk about their emotions and they were literally like the what the part that made me laugh at it it was kind of like a little insensitive was he was like he was like yeah call me when the shuttle lands or whatever and I was like that's so mean (laughs) I was like what a dick but then like she turns around and is like (laughs) <laughs> the, well, she's the like, biggest the biggest decision a high schooler has to make is whether to commit suicide or yeah not. <laughs> that's what I mean it's like even she's out of touch like she's like she's like oh the kids like they need they need to talk about this and then and then yeah she she turns around and she's like ah oh, to to commit suicide or not to commit suicide and then like the cameras and everything like it was it was performative mm. in the end but like for a hot second, she was the only one who, like, had any sort of redeeming, like, we need to, like, help these kids through this, like, really troubling time, especially as it became, like, like, a epidemic in their school, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it was, it was, well, quote-unquote, an epidemic. It did kind of remind me of, like, Jennifer's body a little bit in the way that people were kind of taking advantage of the tragedies that were going on, Yeah, you know? Like, in Heather's people were like oh my gosh she was just a troubled youth or you know she was troubled and nobody knew the real her and she could never be herself and I never understood you know like trying to make her death into something that it clearly wasn't for anybody like nobody liked her like it wasn't when she was around yeah for good reason because she was a mean person (laughs) to them and then they tried to turn it into, oh, she was just misunderstood. And I I went on a date with her and she said I was boring, but really I'm not boring. It was because she hated her life. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> that was so fucking funny when you said um, that. I was like, I was like, somebody would say that though. Somebody would be like, oh yeah, I went out with her. And like, I don't know. I think, you know, 
I was too good for her, too powerful for her, whatever, you know what I mean? Like just some stupid bullshit. Cause you can say, you can say whatever you want about somebody who died, which is like also kind of fucked up because at the same time, like who wants to be the one who's like the only person out of like all the people on the news, whatever being like, she's a fucking bitch. What are you talking about? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like she's dead. She committed suicide, but like she was a bitch. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sad she killed herself, but like she was horrible to everyone. And like- Um, people just kind of validating themselves after these popular kids are committing suicide for what appears to be like deep rooted self-hatred you know and then in Jennifer's body all these boys are being murdered and it seems like it doesn't really affect any of the students really like they stopped Except doing memorials like yeah literally like, like we don't even do them anymore but like it's just kind of like part of their part of their life they're like oh another one was murdered but you know hey we get this like really popular band's attention and like they Ooh, made this song no for us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's interesting you can even see like Heather's inspiration in movies like like that yeah um, like the satirical take on tragedy in in a high school setting what did you think of people's reactions to like like what we've been talking about people's reactions to like heather's death and like the the two boys getting shot or committing suicide i mean it's not it's not outside of the ordinary i mean like you know you see you know in the news or like you know when we went to high school unfortunately a couple people died Mm -hmm. um and people would post like oh we were like such good friends like we we've been best friends since like fourth grade it's like you didn't know him like you went you had two classes with him what are you talking about like Mm. you know or other people and like I said people can say what they want about somebody who died like they they're not around to refute it you know they they can be like yeah we hooked up once like or whatever like it's it's definitely not outside the ordinary um the second Heather, the one with the brown hair, slayed me on all of the, she was like showing up on all the different newscasts. <laughs> uh, they're like, how many channels did she run to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then with the two, the two guys, you know, they were, you know, supposedly gay lovers and they couldn't hide or they couldn't bear to like, you know, live in hiding anymore. Like, I thought, I thought it was like, so like the dad was very wholesome, even though it was like very satirical. He's like, I love my dead gay son. (laughs) I was like, that's actually really cute in a weird way. Yeah. Um, It was very radical at the time. Yeah. Like how how accepting he was. Although. After he was dead. It's easy to do that. It's easy to say that when you're, when he's dead, you know, Um, you can say what you want when somebody's dead. But I don't know. I mean, people people want their 15 minutes of fame or they want their like, you know, two minutes of sympathy like they want, you know, to to have attention. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, some people take advantage of like the tragedy in other people's lives in order to get that attention and exploit it, et cetera. And it's messed up. But it was always burning since the world's been turning. So people have been taking advantage of tragedy since they knew what tragedy was. True, true. Christian Slater was too good. <laughs> What's interesting about Christian Slater 
Okay, so <laughs> are you gonna tell me he like almost blew up a school once or something? No, no, no. Okay, so the the writer of this movie, he wrote it when he was like he he wrote the original script when he was like 23. And the more I read into this, the more I read into Heather's and like his idea for what it was supposed to be, I could definitely get a sense that it was like he was just an angsty guy out of out of film school like trying to write his very pretentious artsy film that was gonna like be a huge commentary on society because like he wanted this he wrote it in hopes that Steve Stanley Kubrick would direct it you know like (laughs) director of The Shining yeah I was gonna say like The Shining Um, Stanley Kubrick he was like he's he's done his horror film he's done his science fiction film he's done his historical film and this was going to be his teen film it's like kill me I mean, you're 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 aiming for the stars but he the original script was like almost 200 pages because he wanted stanley kubrick <laughs> to make it a 300 or a three a, a three-hour movie like he wanted it to be this like big epic like dark film can you imagine if Stanley Kubrick had like actually directed this and like what it would have been? But I, I don't know if I can. Um, but obviously, Stanley Kubrick didn't do that. Yeah. Um, Stanley was busy. But knowing that Christian Slater was doing a Jack Nicholson impersonation in his role as JD. Mm. And you can like tell. <laughs> Um, he's doing a great job. Yeah. It's a very good Jack Nicholson impersonation, but, um, how old was Christian Slater when he made the movie? I want to say like 19. I don't know. Okay. So I'm not sure. He was pretty young. Um, I know Winona Ryder was 16. Yeah. Um, She did really, really well. Yeah. I thought she, she was great. Um, I think I also just have an issue with like pretentious main characters like like for Winona did a great job acting wise but I feel like all the care like the like her character and JD were both just so pretentious in like completely different ways I don't know I'm a gifted kid and like my parents yanked me out because they were worried I wouldn't make friends. And it's like, bitch, you don't have friends. Like, you, you still don't have friends. And I, I'm sure the movie was, like, trying to point that out. Like, mm. like she she had all this, like, potential. And, and now all she does is brag about the fact that she had potential. You know what I mean? And mm. then she's like, oh, man, now I have to send my SAT scores to, like, like to the prison college instead of Stanford or, or some stupid shit like that, or like some state school. Hmm. And I'm like, girl, like, and then like the big words that she used when she was writing in her diary, like, I know some, some oh, people probably do write like that, but <laughs> yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about her writing, like, in also, like 90 like, size font. <laughs> I was gonna say her huge handwriting. She had like four words on a page. Like she's, her her character is she's like good at forging people's handwriting but like her natural handwriting is like size 120 font <laughs> it's and like she, atrocious it looks too. like she's like she's a psychopath just like writing in, it's like insane i thought it was hilarious i but, did too i was like i, I noticed that as well i was like holy shit her handwriting's <laughs> huge like can they not like could she write smaller they just zoom in more like we don't need 
just like she's literally like narrating what she's writing like we don't even need to see what she's writing yeah exactly oh my gosh it was, that was really funny I'm glad you saw that too because I was like damn like she got big ass handwriting I thought I had big handwriting um oh yeah the forging thing was like kind of funny like that that could have been the way to show like she's smart she's like I mean she is smart like you can tell in general the character's smart but without her just like constantly like saying how like smart she is Hmm. and like using big words I feel like it was just too forced that she was like this like smarter than the I'm not like the other girls kind of girl because that's definitely what she was that's definitely what her character was was like I'm not like the other girls she wasn't necessarily a pick me but she also was like (sighs) hard to describe but like her character I know was originally written to be like a female Travis Bickle if you ever seen Taxi Driver um, okay well Travis Bickle is like a Vietnam War veteran that's come home and is you know he's very mentally I don't want to say deranged he's got PTSD and Mm -hmm. is like hurt from his time in the in the war and is like it's it's just a like very cynical look at how the Vietnam War turned people like white men into like terrorists essentially at you mm-hmm. know a certain point um and she was supposed to be written as kind of a female teenage version of that which I don't think it translated into the film that way no but- it was definitely just like a holier than thou like I'm right, you're wrong, everybody's an idiot mm. kind of kind of mentality. And JD had a similar mentality where it's like, I'm right, you're wrong, everybody's an idiot. But he was like, but let's kill them all. Like, <laughs> like yeah. they, had, they were like on the same page until JD was like, but murder. And then she was like, and also like, if you're so smart, I get it, like you're puppy love, whatever, you're like infatuated with somebody, but like how dumb can you be to believe that like he's not actually gonna shoot those dudes like okay the the and even the drain even like the draining liquid like I wouldn't if I were her and I really was adamant like and I really was as smart as I thought I was like I wouldn't be even letting this help pour the drainage liquid into the cup I would have been like put that shit back under the sink like don't even do it Hmm. and then he puts the fucking cap like why do you put a why do you put a cap on a mug that has never been a thing y'all are crazy like (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm calling bullshit on that one scene um so like yeah the fact that she thinks she's so smart and yet like she's letting her boyfriend like casually manipulate her into like killing people is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of like it it worked great for the film but like as a character point stupid yeah I I don't know I think um I like JD's character because it feels like real you know like he's just like an entitled white white guy he so is and like he thinks that he's so deep and like he's like I don't even know we the school is society and And you're just like like, nobody loves me he's like maybe I'm gonna blow up the school because nobody loves me but it's like 
no, you're just, you're just entitled. Like, I know you're, yeah, you're just in, yeah, your, your mom was killed in a demolition that your dad did. And, uh, like your dad is like a psychopath and you, all you know is like to fix your problems, destruction is like the answer because that's how you're dad like that's his line of work but like also sorry go ahead I I, I, just like you're still just an entitled white man who thinks that you just destroying an entire school and killing people that you don't like is like the way to solve things and because you weren't given what you wanted you know like Veronica wasn't given what she wanted either but at the end of the movie she's like nah brah like we just gotta keep moving forward day by day I'm gonna go make friends with Martha and you know I'm the top bitch now but like whatever yeah I don't know like yeah like there's also, a difference between them oh I I understand yeah there's they're they're different characters but like and like they have different obvious like out outcomes in the movie clearly but I, both of them are just so like pretentious. It like drove me nuts. But mm. I did appreciate Veronica's kind of like turnaround mm-hmm. um, in the end, where she was like, "You know what? Like, I don't want to be like that guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna live my life, and I'm mm. gonna be a teenager and make the friends that I want to make and kick Heather's ass." <laughs> but I just need to say that JD's dad was definitely like horny for explosions yeah i think like he was he's a he's insane yeah yeah their their whole relationship was just very uncomfy like their whole like swapping roles as like father and son i was like oh i don't like this like it was kind (laughs) of cute the first time you did it and then afterwards Mm -hmm. i was like this is weird yeah somebody didn't go to family therapy (laughs) (laughs) obviously not what did you think of the ending overall? <sighs> Interesting. I forgot, like, I forgot a lot of this movie. Like, I forgot a large portion of this movie. So the ending was kind of, like, crazy, but it fit. Like, when he, like, blew himself up, that did make me laugh. Like, her with the cigarette. I was like, that's a bad bitch right there. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's pretty metal. Um so like him blowing himself up, I was like, there was, there was no other way. Like it was either gonna, he was gonna like blow himself up or he was gonna like get shot by the police or something. Like there was no way JD was making it out of here alive. Mm. Um, but like, I appreciated how she was kind of like, like, it, like we just, like we just said, like she was like, I'm gonna take, take life by the horns, whatever, and go and, you know, like she was even friends with, Betty I think her name was like before like the Heathers scooped her up and made them part of their little posse and she was like yeah I kind of like regretted not being friends with her anymore and you know she I think that was like the turning point where she realized that like her friends sucked and like her you know her true friends were the ones she left behind and like she was like I'm not gonna let anybody like suffer like I did for popularity like I'm just gonna kind of in a pretentious way like be an example of like (laughs) (laughs) of how you can just like be normal and like still have a fulfilled life I don't know as a teenager as a high school student Mm. 
popularity is not all it's cracked up to be i wouldn't know i was not popular in high school i was neither was i yeah we were friends in high school so yeah we had a good time though we did have a good time that's what i mean it's like we weren't popular like but we had we had a lot of fun like we didn't have to worry about everybody talking about us like like obviously there were mean girls in high school and there were cliques but i feel like our high school was small enough to where people kind of just everybody could kind of mix if they wanted to yeah like obviously people were mean and like dumb because we were kids right it wasn't to the extreme that you see in like you know mean girls where like there are literal like tables of people like cliques like that people could people could like the football players were in show choir and stuff and like nobody cared so like I don't know that it wasn't true. That, it, it wasn't that extreme people could it was, yeah it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal like and every high school is different but for the most part but we also like, went to like an extremely white high school oh so yeah you right. that probably that probably makes it I know that there it was a very uh for the for the very few minorities that were at our high school it, they were made known <laughs> you know like it was pointed out so yeah unfortunately uh I'm not saying that our high school was perfect. It definitely wasn't. But the the extreme cliques that you see in some teen movies didn't really exist in our high school. As far as I can remember. I don't know. But yeah, I haven't been back there since I graduated, so I don't plan on it. Me either. I don't I have no reason to go back to <laughs> Neither do I. Like Pocosin, I've been back in Virginia. <laughs> I've been back to Pocosin, but I have not set like foot on high school property. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, well, we talked about it a little bit earlier, like the influence that Heather's has had on Mm -hmm. other teen movies, but, you know, specifically like Mean Girls and other teen movies, like, how do you think, how do you think those movies kind of took from Heather's? Hmm. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think the kind of like black comedy satire is is very pervasive like in a lot of future teen movies like even Mean Girls is like kind of a dark comedy where Mm. it's it's not that dark because it's like nobody's murdered or anything like that (laughs) but it's definitely like it kind of talks about like serious issues of like bullying and you know how harmful like you know words can be and like how Mm. like and again referring back to Heather is like how easy it is for adults to like dismiss like you know the problems of teenagers and stuff like that and how like they don't address it until like an extreme event happens even in Heather's like obviously suicide is like an extreme extreme event and a terrible thing but like in in Mean Girls like they don't talk about it they don't address it until like they're literally killing each other like they're Mm. tearing each other apart in the hallways um and then like Regina George gets hit by a bus and <laughs> it's just like, it's just absolute mayhem. And and at that point, you know, the adults are like, oh, and then, and then like the rumors about the adults start, like it, yeah. as as it like affects their lives. They're like, oh, this is serious. Like we need yeah. to seriously probe into this shit. Cause like, if it was just rumors about the girls, like, oh, this girl made out with a hot dog. And like this girl, like cheated on, like like you know stole her friend's boyfriend whatever like if those were just the rumors I feel like even then it would have just been like here's an assembly about how like words are you know words are harmful 
but the moment they're like oh one teacher is a drug dealer the other teacher like makes out with students like Mm. that's when they're like oh time to take this shit seriously like (laughs) Mm -hmm. because they it affects the adult world now like the the paths have crossed yeah um but other movies like in general i haven't seen jawbreaker Mm. i'm trying to think of other like teen movies like jennifer's body as you said like talks about how you know if like a if tragedy isn't really addressed for what it is and like your emotions aren't really like you don't really like have time to feel Mm -hmm. I guess like what you know what you're going through like when something you know bad happens like you do can you can get desensitized to it and like it keeps happening it keeps happening and like nobody's addressing like the issue you can get desensitized to the tragedy to like all the harmful things around you I was trying to think of like other teen movies that are similar to Heather's. And then I was thinking about, you know, what if Stanley Kubrick actually made Heather's? I feel like it would be similar to the movie um, Brick. Have you ever seen that? No. Okay. Well, it's a Ryan Johnson movie. The guy who did uh, Knives Out. No. Um, It was like one of, I think it's his first movie. Um, It's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, a bunch of like, other people but it's about like a girl is murdered and it's kind of like a noir film but it's high school and it's like really dramatic and dark but it's also high school so it's like there's a layer of like satire Mm -hmm. I feel like if Kubrick were to direct Heathers it would have been like that kind of soap soap Mm opera-esque the satire would be in that in that it's so serious you know like whereas the heathers that we have it's like oh it's like overtly sat- satirical yeah but, um if it had been <laughs> a three-hour high school like dark drama like it would not have taken off quite like heathers has I, yeah i don't i don't know i don't know like i that would be i feel like it'd be one of those like those like lesser known Stanley Kubrick films like mm-hmm. oh you know about The Shining but have you seen Heathers and then somebody's <laughs> like oh no I haven't seen Heathers and then they watch it and they're like go back to their friend like why the fuck did I watch that <laughs> and they regard it as like like a it'd probably be like some Oscar Beatty stuff it yeah. probably wouldn't win but it'd probably be like look at this masterpiece of like teenage angst and then and then people would forget about no it. awards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Teenagers Did still you aren't appreciated. <laughs> Do you think that Heather's could be made today? Remade with like a similar script? Or a, mm-hmm. maybe, I guess, yeah. Like remade Heather's with a similar script, similar storyline, or just like a movie similar to Heather's like the dark comedy about teen suicide and whatnot I think so yeah I I mean obviously please remove like the derogatory homosexual references um but you know if they do it well like I feel like Heather's did do it well where Mm -hmm. they were like no this is a bad thing stop like you know, taking advantage of, you know, teen suicide, but like, 
I think if it's if it's done right, I think you can either remake Heather's. I don't know if you should remake Heather's. I think a mo- a movie similar to Heather's, like hmm. satire, I know that they, dark comedy, would be good. They were planning. They did make a TV show version of, of Heather's, but it was canceled because of the Parkland shooting. Ooh. They were like, yeah, it's not appropriate for like young audience because I don't know if you can like actually remake Heather's today with today's audience. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would have to be something completely different. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I have, I have, like, I don't want to say I have faith. Like, I feel like I, I have like the expectation that like the people like, because we're we're existing in a universe where Heather's already exists. So people, the majority of people who would go to see this movie, I'm assuming have heard of or have already seen Heather's because they're like, because I'm sure if I'm thinking like really like, I don't know, really literal about this, like the buzz around this movie would be like, oh, it's like a new Heather's or whatever. So people would be aware of what it's like, what it is going into it. So I have... I guess the expectation that people when they see it understand that this is like a satire like this is supposed to be like a commentary about like the messed up aspects of our society like should it be a carbon copy of Heather's where like a dude in a duster brings like a a gun with blanks into school no like that because they already did that Mm -hmm. but I mean if something more on the nose of what we're facing today could they make a satirical movie about school shootings today? I guess is what I'm asking. Because I don't, I don't know if they can. Because I don't, like, Heather's has the security blanket of, like, it was made in the 80s before Columbine. So when people watch it, they have that in mind. And they know, like, okay, so this was before, like, this was a thing that was a recurring problem for high schoolers. Whereas, I, like, now, I don't know yeah. if they can make a movie... I see what you're saying. That, I, like, I would say specifically about school shootings, probably not. Yeah. Considering like, like there are, you know, obviously real victims, real victim families out there, you know, so like. And it's not something people are get fixing. I yeah, think is right. like, that's the thing is like, if it was an issue that we knew we were making progress on, maybe, but because it's literally not getting fixed yeah it's kind of it continues to happen like I don't know yeah and I I don't I don't think the school shooting aspect would be like appropriate but like if they touched on something like I mean like think about the show like euphoria it's not a satirical show but like Mm. it talks about like teen addiction and like you know sexual abuse like you know like being a sugar baby like they talk about that and also like teen relationships like the the dark side of teen relationships and how that can have like a very real effect on like Hmm. young people growing up so but if you took some of those elements and like satirized it is that how you say that word um i'm thinking like okay so we have 13 reasons why right i feel like it's been criticized for legitimate reasons because it just straight up shows like really traumatizing things, mm-hmm. but there's no, it's almost, it's like 
glamorized yeah like romanticizes it because of how they took it so seriously but they it's like hard to describe but do you know what I mean like yeah no I understand um there's no levity there's no irony there's nothing there to like relate it to people to show that like what's happening on screen is like tragic and I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but like, no, I understand. If they, what you're if they had like, tried to like turn 13 Reasons Why into a Heather's, I feel like it could have, it would have been in, more interesting than what yeah. it was. Um, and I, I agree with that because I, I agree with what you said. Like, they're like, okay, she's dead. And like, now we're just going to watch like 14 fucking episodes about how everybody somehow played a role in her suicide. And because the idea is so ridiculous that she made 13 tapes oh i know calling out different people and like and like three of the people in those tapes like did not deserve to be in them like okay so like they the the show is like hinging on the fact that she was legitimized in killing herself because these 13 people did something that led her to do it when that's like a ridiculous thing that we shouldn't be telling teenagers that like you it's can't other just people. play the blame you, you, game. Yeah, you can't. That's you can't blame. You can't play play the blame game and then kill yourself. Like, sorry, like, that sounds like a very blunt statement. Yeah, I mean, but if they had made it satirical and made these tapes like a extremely ridiculous thing, and her suicide is not something that is light, but is something that is like she turned it into production. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like. I feel like there's potential there for that scenario to be a Heather's type thing, piece of media that our generation can relate to without it being a school shooting type. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Because I feel like teen shows these days, like like the popular ones are too serious. Like 13 Reasons yeah. Why, fucking Riverdale. Um, I mean, Riverdale's Euphoria. Like Euphoria. Euphoria. Is, yeah, like, not... They're so serious. Like, Euphoria is a beautiful show. Don't get me wrong. But, like, and, like, all the performances are chef's kiss. But, like, it is so damn sad, yo. Like, I'm just mad depressed every time I watch it. And I mostly, not going to lie, watch it for the makeup looks. I'm, like, (laughs) I'm sure that's why a lot of people watch it. But full tea, full shade. I'm into the the glitter. I think part of the reason that Heather's works is because it has that satirical element to the seriousness because high schoolers like going through life like you have to have a sense of humor to deal with like tragic like the tragedies that happen through through life you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like Mm -hmm. what you just said was to fire (laughs) good damn it Ryan what are you cooking back there Oh, they just, this, this, you need a sense satire. of humor. Yeah. yeah, you need a sense of humor to like deal with things. And most people are able to like find humor in things that aren't funny. Like in, you have to, in order to be able to keep going. If you take everything so seriously, then like you're not going to be able to make like it a heart attack. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's why Heather's works for that generation. Um and our generation doesn't quite have that yet, or at least the Gen Z, you know, teen movies doesn't really, they don't have something similar. 
So I don't know, maybe the quote of like, is this, you know, the stereotype of this generation being too serious also with like our reality is just so ridiculous that it makes Heather's look childish. I mean, I keep bringing it back. I feel like I've said this again. I keep bringing it back to like Billy Joel. Like we didn't start the fire. Like this whole song is about how like the entire world is ridiculous and it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's kind of a cop out to be like, ah, oh, this generation's too serious because we live in a crazy time. We do. We do live in a crazy time. Mm-hmm. However, like crazy times happen like every five years. So I feel like, maybe maybe we're too serious or like the zoomers or whatever you want to identify whatever generation you are might seem come across too serious because like there is so much social like commentary like flying around because like you know i'm gonna blame it on them damn phones but like we have we have social media we have smartphones we have like the internet in our fucking hands you know Mm. so like we have access to all this information that like you and I didn't have access to like when we were in middle school and high school, like Mm. iPhones were just becoming like they, I think the first iPhone came out when we were in like sixth grade. I didn't get, I didn't get a high, I didn't get an iPhone until after I graduated. Yeah. I didn't get a, I didn't get a smartphone until I was like a senior in high school. I think like we have so much information and like, we're just, you know, everybody's just inundated with it. And, you know, young people now are kind of realizing like, hey, like this is going to be the rest of our lives. So like we need to, you know, focus on making our future better. Mm-hmm. And like, so that might be part of the reason why they come like these young people come across so serious. But like, you know, I agree. I think I think one movie being a bit lighthearted about the issues of the world wouldn't be so bad guys (laughs) and I don't think yeah I mean I agree with you I don't think it's like the zoomers or or millennials are too sensitive I think we have a sense of humor it just depends on how you tackle the issue Mm -hmm. when you're being satirical because I think it's a very fine line between oh yeah being um insensitive and I you know it depends on who the the butt of the joke falls on you know, Indeed. if the butt of the joke falls on the victims or the people who, who like commit suicide, then like that's not funny. But yeah. if the like, butt of the joke doesn't... falls on like people like JD, like the entitled white men who commit these crimes, then you know that's funny. Um Yeah, I mean it it doesn't it doesn't take like a fucking UN Security Council like joint resolution to make a good movie. Like <laughs> you just need to think think long and hard about who your audience is mm. and like go from there like don't I feel like sometimes filmmakers make movies for themselves which I get I don't know like I'm not I mean you kind of have to as a filmmaker like make something that you would enjoy because if you if you're trying to predict like what audiences like then you're not being true to like your artistic vision and then that's where filmmakers get like confused and then their final final film is like a mess well so, I want to like, talk I, to the filmmakers of prom then like the <laughs> Meryl Streep film <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's a whole other that's a whole other thing okay so quick review of prom I really enjoyed the first like 10 minutes of that movie 
And then it just lost me. Like, I think they had the satirical element down perfectly at the very beginning. And then, and then they, James Corden came on scene. And then they went to the high school and then it just became a predictable whitewashed mess. Yeah, it was um, pretty bad. But yeah, anyways, I don't even know. Heather's is a fun movie. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it's been important. And I don't know if they can remake Heather's today, but I do think there's potential for a Heather's-like movie today. I think this generation deserves a Heather's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, <laughs> we can probably start wrapping up. Oh, well, okay. okay, before we wrap up, I do want to say, have you seen Heather's the Musical? No. Okay. I really enjoy Heather's the Musical. I couldn't end this podcast without mentioning it. Uh, there are differences between the movie and the show, as there always are. Mm. Um. And someday when you watch it, we'll we'll be able to discuss. But I endorse Heather's movie and Heather's musical. Both good are very fun. Both are just a good time. So with that, do you have any final thoughts on Heather's the movie? Um, no. All right. I'm gonna go drink some mineral water now. <laughs> Ooh, are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> no, it's come a long way, Olivia. <laughs> Lots of people drink mineral water now. All right. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I I think we said everything we could say at this point. Uh, yep. Thanks for chatting, as always. Of course. It's my pleasure. What's your damage, Madeline? I don't know. <laughs> How much time do we have? I thought we were wrapping up. Not getting started again. All right. Well, I'm excited for next week. Me too. All right. I'll see you then. See ya. Bye. Bye.